Just a reminder, everyone, the topics covered in this podcast are general in nature. They haven't taken into account your personal circumstances, and it's important to seek personal financial advice if you want to address any of the subject matter. Welcome to the, welcome to the Money Band Fortnightly episode. Uh, it's the twenty third of November, twenty twenty two. I'm good. Luke Styles, and joined by and with Stephen May. How are you going, Steve? I'm good, Luke. Yeah, good, mate. Good. That's good. Um, we've, we've got, got a, a fair bit to tackle today. Jam packed episode. Yeah. So we've got a few topics, but um, yeah, what are we going to cover today? Yeah, we've got to uh, always do our um, always do our market update as 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 we usually do. Um, you're going to cover some, um, you know. Uh, timely information around why sometimes living for today isn't necessarily the best financial decision. I think that would be quite obvious to most of our listeners, but um, you know we're going to delve into that a little bit more, aren't we? Yeah, we are. What uh, else are we going to delve into? Um, wanted to talk about the average superannuation balance for mm-hmm. certain age cohorts. I, I think we, I think we like bring this up. Periodically, yeah, periodically, yeah, that's yeah. probably a good description. Yeah. Um, but just wanted to talk about it again, uh, reference bit of, it bit against, of an update, yeah, yeah, a bit of an update, reference it against. You know, I, maybe, I would get asked that question once a week. Uh, you know, how do I compare? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think that's important. And mm. you know, bear in mind, we know that the no one's average, and mm. there's so many other metrics that go into calculating how much you should or shouldn't have at a certain certain point in time. Um, We'll include that into the show notes, obviously, so people can reference it, but we'll talk about it generally, um, as we usually do. Uh, what else? Yeah, just wanted to bring up some, you know, people might be seeing a few articles, or they may or may not be seeing articles about the government tinkering with superannuation, so just, just sort of talk about that generally um, and, and, you know, hopefully put some of that in, into perspective and, you know, if people get an opportunity to take a bit of action on it, if they can, um, because we talk about super a lot and we talk about taking action on fees and investment options, but we don't necessarily talk about maybe taking action on keeping the people who um, make the laws on it accountable. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah. Okay, and if we've got any time left, we'll see what else we've got to cover. We, we usually run for about 40 minutes. Um, we do. Okay, the markets. Well, we've got the Aussie ASX 300 up about 3.3% for the fortnight, depending on whether you're looking at open or close um, yep, of the market. About, around about that 3%. Around about that. Uh, US S&P 500 um, up about 6.8%, again, depending on if you look at it open or close. Um, and it had a pretty significant jump um, in one of those days of around 4%. So it could have been, and, and we were actually just talking off air before we jumped on, one of us had it included that day included and one of us didn't because obviously the US is a day behind us Mm. depending on how you look at it Um, it's day behind us Um, and so just by not including that we we got starkly different figures so it can just show what a time period um, how you can um be misled even um, through, uh, through and, figures. So. And not that you were trying to no. mislead me, Steve, no. um, or at least I don't it. think you were, but, no. you know, it can just show that a little time period can can change the figures dramatically. Yeah, so, um, that, so that 4% increase mm-hmm. was day one of your figures and I yeah. hadn't included it. Um, exactly so, right. so for the fortnight, my fortnight that I calculated, it was 1% up. Yeah. Um, with, with yours, it's you know, 6, 7. Um, so that's good. Um, just shows that 
you can look at various time frames around chair performance and you can get vastly different figures. It is. Hmm, yeah. um, and I was talking to a, a lady this week who was focusing on the fact that um, her superannuation balance was down for the past 12 mm-hmm. months. And um, she was saying that, you know, that's, that's terrible. And she wasn't quite saying that. She understood it. Yeah. We've got a strategy in place. And she said, oh, well, my super's down. I said, hey, hold on. Um, we started, you know, you started actively managing your super in 2019 and you started with um, X amount of dollars. It was about $650,000. Mm-hmm. And the balance as it stands is $800,000. Yep. So I said, you're not actually down. Yeah. Um, it depends what you're focusing on. And if you focus on the long term, then you see that it's not always as, as bad as it's yeah, made well, out to well, be. And you focus on the long term and you hold risk assets, mm. so you know uh, exposure to share markets, you, you're usually going to see a trend of, of your money growing. Mm, absolutely. Um, but you're yeah. definitely going to see short-term trends of where it's falling. Mm-hmm. And, and, that's, and that's the risk you take. Mm. Um, it's how you manage that risk is, is the most important thing and then looking at it on, on a longer time frame. Um, cool. Thanks for that property. story, Steve. Property. Property. Interesting. What, what, I mean, what do you think is happening? Because I, I, I'm not, I spoke to a client last night. Um, they sold their property very recently for around $95,000 more than what they were expecting, mm-hmm. you know, three or four months ago. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, even before this big uptick and uplift in interest rates was mm-hmm. um, coming through. So it's just, inter- it's just interesting. Yeah, I, I think... Um, quality properties, properties are still selling. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we we saw, so people listen to us nationally and internationally, but um, we operate from our studio <laughs> in Waters Bay. According, <laughs> apparently there's some international <laughs> listeners, I'm not sure if they're bots or not. Metrics, but, yeah. Um, but here in Warners Bay, there's a neighbouring suburb called Spears Point, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a number of waterfront walls almost waterfront properties. You know, yeah, yeah. They're, they're not absolute waterfront. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the place is sold for $10 million in, yeah. in Spears Point. It's a big, very big house, um, mm-hmm. very grand. But $10 million, I think the previous um, record in Spears Point or the area was 3.6. So yeah. I think good quality in certain properties are still selling at good prices. But I think it is harder and takes a little bit longer to get the better the good price generally. Yeah, the, the thing that surprised me about this one is is the property that my client sold was mm. probably right in that range of where first home buyers would be, mm. be at. Um, I don't know if they were first home buyers who bought it, but, um, you know, you could argue that at that top end, that $10 million property yeah. or above, interest rates are irrelevant to the person mm. that's looking to buy. You know, yeah, you could yeah. argue that interest rate mm. implications mm. are irrelevant. Really where it's biting people is actually at that bottom end. Mm. But, you know, it's quite crazy to say this, not this bottom end property, but this mm. property that's probably targeted to first or second home buyers um, fetching, you know, yeah. such a significant price. Um, now, maybe it was, maybe the client's, you know, just didn't realise it was worth more than what they mm. thought. But, I, you know, I know all parties were pretty surprised um, about yeah. picking that up in the current Pro- market. Probably time to get a real estate agent in um, to have another chat about the market. Yes, think, we, know, keep, so we, we'll, keep, we keep we'll, saying we will. Let's do that next fortnight. All right. All right, cool. it's on, it's down, it's been verbalised. We've so verbalised it, so yeah. we're accountable to it now. Yeah. So we've got to do it. And we if we don't to, do, it, do it, then we've lied to everyone. Absolutely. And we don't want to... We don't want to do that. Hmm. Hey, um, speaking of lying, um, 
Bitcoin exchanges and cryptocurrency exchanges seem to be toppling with some contagion traveling through them at the moment. I mean, yeah. you know, you know my opinion on Bitcoin, um, not Bitcoin specifically, but, but crypto. Uh, crypto. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's interesting to see that that there is um, definitely a contagion traveling through the exchanges. So the exchanges mm. that allow you to trade in the, in these uh, mm. cryptocurrencies. Um, one of them I couldn't. I was just having a quick read before we jumped into the podcast, but it's based out of Brisbane. They basically assured. And I don't know how they did this, but they assured that their exchange customers were protected, you know, from, you know, all the stuff that's going on. And I'm sure a lot of it's cyber security related and hacking and all that type of stuff without knowing the detail. Um, That seems to be the trend. But they basically assured that, you know, all their exchange customers are fine. Um, and then two weeks later, just went. Uh, actually, by the way, you're not. You're not yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. You know, mm. how do you get away with that? Mm. I, I mean, I, I don't. Well, I don't it's know. Not, you not do. a very regulated um, market, is it? Um, yeah, I think I have said on this podcast before that it, it's uh, at one point. I don't know how long ago now. Maybe eighteen months ago. Mm-hmm. I took a very small amount of money and um, invested in a, a small range of cryptos just to see what the experience was like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can tell you that as it stands now, there's about 30% of what I've invested appearing in my various wallets. Um, I would like to know if you could actually get it physically mm. out as cash at yeah, the moment. Might try, see what happens. That would yeah, be... As I said, that, that was only ever an experiment, but um, it sort of, sort of showed me what I thought would happen <laughs> eventually. Yeah, yeah. yeah cool. Yeah. Um, but okay, anyway, so, I thought that was mm. interesting. All right, let's march into the topics for today. Mm-hmm. So um, I came across a cartoon again the other day that I've seen a number of times. Um, and it's a there's a guy, it's, it's a cartoon by a fellow named Randy Glasbergen. Um, nice US name really, isn't it? Um, he, I think, um, he um, did this cartoon and it's a, a client sitting across from his financial advisor mm-hmm. saying, explain to me again why enjoying life when I retire is more important than enjoying life now. Mm-hmm. Pretty deep. And it, it, got, it got me got me thinking, how, how do you answer that question? Oh, I, was, I thought you were, I thought you were yeah. he was asking you the question. You were yeah. going, hmm, fair point. Yeah, fair point. <laughs> well, it, it's that, that dilemma. It's that yeah. um, tension, isn't it, between the now and the future. So I thought, you know, Let's have a bit of a chat about that concept. Mm-hmm. And we sort of chat about it um, from time to time on the podcast. Well, but I think that every, yeah. everything we talk about yeah. is, is is around, almost comes off that type yeah. of comment or, you know, yeah, everything yeah. that we discuss is actually around yeah. that yeah. that sort of um, yeah. sort narrative. Yeah, sort of just nails it for me, you know. Tell, explain to me why yeah. the future is more important than the present. Mm-hmm. Well, wow. how do you how do you explain it? Mm. Um, but but generally, there's no there's no ideal balance for everyone. No, there's, there's not. No, everyone's different. Yeah. Um, but you know, I will say this: um, life going on with your life presently with a full bank account, but not spending it and not enjoying it, mm-hmm. is pretty pointless in my view. You know, why go without everything now? Yeah. For the future. Yep. Okay. I don't think that that's particularly fruitful fruitful way to live your life so be a complete tightwad and and not do anything not do anything yeah yeah so that's one and but then the other is you know live your life with an empty bank account 
because you spend it all. Mm-hmm. Now, that in itself has the capacity to make your life pretty pointless um, and less meaningful because you are not going to have the money to do the things that you may want to do that are extra or unexpected yep. for the now. And it will absolutely mean that you are underfunded in the future. Yep. So it's a bit of a double whammy, isn't it? Yeah. And it's, I mean, you might be talking about this, but mm. you, you said there is no ideal balance. Mm. Um, but there is a, it's, it is critical for you as an individual mm. to find that balance or at least try and eke it out um, mm. to understand, well, all right, well, how much should I be? putting here into mm. this bucket how much should i be putting into this bucket whether it's investment savings or spending um mm. and we talk about this a lot mm. um but i think it's a great it so for me the question get asked you ask the question explain to me why enjoying life when i retire is more important than enjoying life now mm-hmm. well you kind of hit it you you're, you've approached that and said well hold on why don't you try and do both? Hmm. Uh, uh, so, so that that would be my. Yeah. You, you may you didn't say yeah. that, but I would answer that and say, well, why don't you try and do both? Um, yeah. Yeah. Knowing not that you can have your cake and eat it too, but there is definitely an opportunity where you can look at it more holistically and go, well, these are the right amounts I need to be putting here, and here are the amounts that I can afford to afford to spend. It's not they're not mutually exclusive. Like you don't have to do one and not do the other. Hmm. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, well, I, I agree with with your thoughts, yep. and you know that um, it isn't about um, enjoying life when you retire being more important than enjoying life now. I think you can do both. Mm-hmm. Um, most most people should be able to do both. Yeah, I think it, 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 the the question, and as you said, it's a deep one, but it's talking about you know money, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it has to talk about money. And we talk about yeah. this all the time, yeah. like. Money doesn't necessarily make your life more enjoyable, mm. but it gives you options yep. to do things that may make your life more enjoyable. And I think that's the, you know, it's mm. a tool. Mm. It's not the solution, yep. but it but it functions as a tool. Mm. Um, so just, you know, bear that in mind. Yeah. So I think what it gets to is that those who tend to spend every cent that they have um, potentially use that as an excuse okay um Mm -hmm. i want to live my life now i could be dead tomorrow Mm -hmm. and that's my excuse for spending every dollar i have yep okay and in every dollar that you spend if you're spending every dollar that you Mm -hmm. have there's no doubt that you'd be wasting money yeah and my my answer to that person is well then let's hope you aren't around tomorrow Hmm. (laughs) because because you'll have a miserable life yeah um because you've got nothing there yeah, to support and, 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 and that's it. And mm. sometimes it's a pretty hard conversation with mm. someone. But again, that, that that goes to the question, the nature of the question. People misunderstand the function of money. Mm. Um, they they don't see it as a tool to enjoyment. They mm. see it as they see money as the enjoyment themselves. Mm. Like in its own right, money is the enjoyment, mm. um, and that's wrong. Mm. I think I think it's wrong. Um, so how could someone structure their money so that they can enjoy life now and um, have a good nesting for the future? Do you think? Oh, I, I have a view. I think that mm-hmm. you know they they can automate as much as possible. So you have their savings considered a, to be a, a bill, like a Netflix subscription. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Netflix subscription is there. It comes out of the bank account or credit card every month. I think it's monthly. 
um, treat your savings and uh, your future wealth provision um, as another bill. Mm-hmm. And we've spoken about that before. Um, so if the number is X dollars, then that X dollars gets automatically yep. automated, put away, and it's serving its purpose. And whatever's left, you can spend. So, you know, we've, I say this a lot, you've said it, said it a lot uh, before, save first, spend later. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you just said automate it, yep. make sure your savings, mm-hmm. is, you know, your savings is an expense item. Yep. And then you've got your ability to spend what's left over. Mm. Yeah, and when so, we're talking about savings here, what we're talking about is using surplus cash flow to, you know, invest, pay down debt, put into super, whatever it saves, yep. whatever it may be. That all happens, it's all done, and then whatever's left mm-hmm. is available to spend. Well, well and, and, and why would you do that? Well, mm. the power of, of investing that money and compounding mm. that return, and mm. I just did some quick numbers on it just to just to illustrate it. So a dollar sacrifice today for someone investing for the next 30 years, and that may sound like a long time to you, mm-hmm. but you know, considering the fact that most retirees spend almost 30 years in retirement, mm-hmm. it shows that this can almost be employed at any stage of your life. Yep. But a dollar now, um, earning 8% per annum, is worth $10 in 30 years' time, thereabouts. Mm-hmm. worth yep. a little bit more than that. Yep. Um, so you've got to look at it and go, well, all right, well, if I allocate a dollar to X, whatever it is, um, it's costing me, my future self, $10. Now, you don't buy much for a dollar these days, so it's probably a poor example, but if I went and spent $1,000 on a weekend, I'm costing myself $10,000. If I go and buy a $50,000 car, Mm -hmm. I'm costing my future self $500,000, possibly in this example. Mm -hmm. And, And that's before even including things like you know, if you bought the car of finance and you had interest bearing mm. against that debt, which yeah. would actually counteract that even further. Mm-hmm. Um, so just put it, try and put it in perspective. The power of a dollar for for the next thirty years. So you could say, well, I'm I'm just starting out. Um, so that's what it's worth to you. Or you could say you're a thirty year old now, and by the time you're sixty, that's what it's worth to you. Or you could say I'm a sixty year old, and you could be expected to live to ninety, and you could say, well, that's what it's worth to you. So different mm-hmm. people would say, oh, well, thirty years time's a long time. Yep. I'm just pointing out that there's a few different stages of people's lives where this is probably applicable. Mm-hmm. Um, so just be, just keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've solved, uh, we've answered that. We have explained why enjoying life when I retire is more important than enjoying life now. Haven't we? Probably not. But, uh, <laughs> but some key, you know, some key points to consider there. I think generally, a lot of people who are spending all of their money now mm. need some assistance to get some structure and start the journey. <clears throat> so whether that's a book like The Barefoot Investor, which mm-hmm. a lot of people start with, mm-hmm. um, or whether it's going down the path of actually engaging and seeing a financial planner, um, there's usually some help required. Yeah. Okay, that's enough of that philosophical All deep right. stuff. So, you, so we're talking about, you know, broadly, you know, the buckets, how much we might have allocated to this bucket or that bucket, depending on, you know, is very dependent on your circumstances, so yeah. how much you might put into superannuation. So I thought it was a good opportunity to just um, branch out and just talk quickly around, well, what are people's average superannuation balances at the moment, um, according to the uh, Australian... Um, 
Superannuation Association, mm-hmm. ASPA, yeah. um, Association of Superfunds, sorry. Yeah. Um, so they've got some numbers here. They're as of the 1st of July. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they're, they're probably the most current ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've gone over this before. But basically, you know, depending on, you know, what age cohort you're in uh, will we'll obviously determine what your average superannuation balance is. Then I just wanted to quickly touch on what they believe uh, your superannuation balance should be. Mm-hmm. Now, shock horror, every point, so each co- age cohort from 25 to 29 to 60 to 64, every age cohort in between comes under what they believe <laughs> the average balance should be today. Mm-hmm. So just bear that in mind. But um, for a 25 to 30-year-old, you're basically looking at an average balance um, of $23,000. Now, they've got a male balance and a female balance. They've combined the two and just given us a calculated average based mm-hmm. on that. You know, And hey, it goes without saying that the trend from start to end is that females do end up with less than males mm-hmm. um, to the tune of sort of around... Um, 14% or something? Yeah, 14, 14% yeah. thereabouts. Um, now, what we, so we've done studies of our, of our own where we've pulled together some modelling and inclu- included things like age pension and social security mm-hmm. into what people may require to live on in mm-hmm. retirement. Now, the calculated average balance for a 60- to 64-year-old is $324,000. Yep. Now, we've done figures, and don't quote me on this, where we've assumed that they've got less than this and they've been able to live on the Australian Superannuation Association's comfortable yeah. Yeah, living. 64 grand a year. Yeah, $64,000 yeah. a year, mm-hmm. and, and, and take them out to that level. Mm-hmm. Now, if we flip the page Steve and I said I will include this in the show notes the research here suggests that at 60 to 64 the average superannuation balance is um, shortfall based on what it should be or the gap what they believe that you should have is by $124,000 I'm not going to do everyone's balance but I'm going to shoot straight back up to the 25 to 29 year old cohort Mm -hmm. And they believe the gap is $7,726 as at today, as at the 1st of July, 2022. We'll quickly do each cohort. So 25 to 29, average balance, 23 grand. 30 to 34, 47,000. 35 to 39, 75,000. 40 to 44, 107,000. 45 to 49, 144,000. 50 to 54, 186,000, 50 to 59, 248,000, and 60 to 64, 324,000. So all sorts of age ranges in our yeah, listener yeah. base. So there you go. That's and what, you, that's and what the average is. Yeah, there will be some show notes there. So yeah. if you want to drill down into mm-hmm. it a bit more and, and, and actually see where you stand and bearing in mind, like, you know, there's a big age range. Mm, so, yeah. like, you yeah. know, you might be... 24 and have 23 grand and go mm. well i'm actually way ahead mm. um you know so so you know just just keep just keep all those things in 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 the back of your mind now i think it's a good place to start and say well if 
if your average is what's described in the age cohort mm-hmm. and the shortfall that they believe starts from seven grand all the way to $124,000 towards the end, um, that's an okay metric to, to say, well, maybe we should look at that and say that's what our total net wealth net worth position should be maybe mm-hmm. inside superannuation and outside, and outside. Su- yeah. superannuation um i don't necessarily believe that people should accumulate all their wealth in superannuation mm-hmm. and we're actually going to talk about yeah. that in a moment as well but definitely an opportunity to to look at it and go okay well there here are the averages the averages are there because that's actually what is in the system at the moment what do they believe the shortfall is um, and how do I actually compare to that um, with my total wealth? So it'd be mm. as simple as going, well, what's my super? What's my cash? Yeah. What's my non-super share portfolio? What's Co-creating the net wealth property. of my property? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, remembering to not not saying, oh, my property's worth seven hundred grand. My investment property, for mm-hmm. example, you know, deduct the debt that you've yeah. got from it because that gets you your net wealth or net worth position, um, and and overlaying that on these numbers. So I think it's a good place to start. I don't think it's definitely you know um, the gospel, uh, for lack no, of a better it, it, it's word. A, it's a guide, isn't it? And it's, it's, it's and. And they're only talking about, as you said, only talking about superannuation. They're assuming for this that superannuation is the only investment yeah. you'll have going into retirement. Wanted to just say this. So we know that we've, according to this, the the Association of Superannuation yeah. Funds believes that there's a gap at every age cohort, as mm-hmm. I said, bet- ranging between seven grand and one hundred twenty-four grand at the end. Yeah. Does that, to me, if that's the case, if that's what they believe? then there's arguably a problem with superannuation because mm. there's people in here in the system that have actually had the benefit of accumulating for more than 30 years. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's superannuation guarantee contribution. So mm. basically they've been part of the system which has been giving them employer contributions for the mm-hmm. whole period of time. You could argue that the people at the end of the scale haven't had the benefit of that the whole time and so they haven't benefited entirely from the superannuation system, but there's certainly people in here that have. Mm. And if there's still a shortfall, then is the system doing the thing that it needs to do? Now, I, I know that's a loaded question because... Yeah. Well, well, is a system going to get people whose only asset is superannuation and they don't do anything else but have employer contributions mm-hmm. go in, is it designed to just give them a basic retirement lifestyle? Or is it, well, it shows that the outcome is going to be it's just a basic retirement yeah. lifestyle, yeah. not a comfortable one. It shows me the importance of actually doing some planning around, you know, further investing, you know, not maybe not just super, but you know, mm-hmm. contributing to super mm-hmm. with salary sacrifice, but doing some other things with your cash flow and developing assets. Mm-hmm. Um, but sorry, I I interrupted then. No, no, you didn't interrupt at all, mate. Mm-hmm. The um, the thing that I find quite like you know looking at it at a glass half full, the shortfalls at each age cohort are not dramatic, mm-hmm. um, like at all. Oh. And if we assume that the information they've provided is correct, you could you could say all things being equal, a. 25 to 29 year old is gonna get to 60 or 64 with 124 thousand dollars less in today's dollars than what than what they should possibly have mm-hmm. based on all things being equal um, we know that saving some money on some fees mm-hmm. making sure that you're in the right investment option yep. can not just make 124 thousand dollars difference to your end balance in 30 years time but 
maybe a couple of hundred thousand dollars yeah. difference, yeah. Maybe, maybe a couple of extra dollars of contribution. So, so the the positive news in this is the shortfall, according to them. I think are quite, the shortfalls are quite low mm-hmm. at each, each cohort. So feel free to go in and have a look yourself. So they've said, hey, here's what your average balance is. Here's what we believe the shortfall is uh, based on your age group. Um, but there's not a lot, I think, that needs to be done to bridge that gap. No. Um, and you can be pretty intelligent about it and not actually cause too much strain to your financial position to bridge that gap. Mm. Yep. It's basically what we do on a daily basis, isn't it? It is, and timing of retirement is also important. So I'm assuming that this article talks about age 67, age pension age being the the retirement age, I'm Mm -hmm. assuming. It doesn't really say, but... Um, but we, you know, we know that if you if you're a couple and you get to age pension age, the the full age pension is you know forty grand a year mm-hmm. combined, um, and you can have about four hundred grand's worth of assets, not including the family home, before the age pension starts to reduce. And what would you say realistically, four hundred thousand dollars? Could generate. Well, you could pull down from four hundred thousand dollars for your life expectancy. Maybe fifteen grand. Yeah, 15, I was going to. I mean, I, I was going to say twenty, but fifteen um, to twenty grand yeah. a year. Add that to the forty grand age pension, and you're, you're looking at you know fifty-five to sixty thousand dollars, which is almost a sixty-four thousand comfortable retirement yeah, lifestyle. Yeah, so yeah. you don't need to have six or seven or eight hundred thousand dollars if you're retiring at age pension age, you, you know, and that's that's what you alluded to. We've done the numbers before, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, we've done the numbers mm. before. And mm. I think in this example, like if you look at it today, um, they're saying that a couple to get a comfortable retirement, retiring at, you know, 60, yeah. 64, might need $900,000. Mm. Yeah, oh, no, I think they're saying about six forty. dollars um, Anyway, whatever it is. Oh, so sorry, gotcha, yeah, 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 yeah. So Substantially more than... Um, than um, than what we think if, if someone would need to be retiring at age pension age. Now, if you're going to retire before age pension age and you're not going to get any age pension coming in until 67, yeah, then you know theoretically you'll need more because you're living fully off your own money for that one or two or three or four or five or six years. And so, so mm. highlights mm. that this isn't gospel. Mm. It 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 needs to take be taken with a grain of salt. Mm. Um, I think there's great positivity in it in the fact that the shortfalls are not that great especially in the younger years where people mm. have had are having the benefit of the superannuation system for lot for longer um but you know bear in mind it it's very much up to your individual circumstances mm-hmm. there you go so now everyone knows what their um peers on average, having super. People like to know that mm, stuff. Yeah, so yeah. so it's a benchmark, and then mm. you can say, well, apparently this is the amount that I'm meant to have. I guess mm. what we're saying is, you know, it depends, as yeah. we always do. Well, we let, let's, <laughs> let's have a look. Sorry. Um, the 35 to 39 age group, um, average super balance, $75,000. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I was talking to a person this morning who's 36, and uh, her husband's about the same age, mm-hmm. and uh, they between she was complaining that not complaining, she was just saying that she's behind behind the, the curve mm-hmm. when it comes to mm-hmm. her super balance, which was about sixty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. That's below the seventy five. Um, but her husband's got one hundred and fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars in super, so 
they're ahead of the game when they, when you look at it as a couple. You combine yeah, them, yeah. yeah. So, but she was interested to know where they where she compares and yeah. how they compare as a couple. I mean, and I've had plenty of conversations with clients more recently where you know they've they've had the same age cohort that one hundred and forty thousand dollars each in, mm. in superannuation, and you know the calculated average seventy five grand in this yeah. example. Yeah. Uh, hey guys, you're travelling all right. <laughs> There's, so, no, there's no such thing as an average person. There isn't an average person mm. and everyone's, you know, mm. income needs in retirement because let's not talk about just the balance. Mm. It's the actual income you mm. physically need to take from these balances. Are yeah. they going to go the distance? Yeah. And, that, and that's the calculation and the equation mm. that needs to really be worked and massaged. Yeah. So if you want a retirement lifestyle of $100,000 a year in mm-hmm. retirement, then you're going to need substantially more than the person who wants sixty thousand dollars a year in retirement. Yeah, you know, it's, exa- so it's exactly different. right. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Okay, all right, very good. And now what, you're going to have, have a bit of a, for time, gonna, Steve? Uh, we've got about ten, eight minutes up our sleeves. So let's make it yeah, ten. All right. So you're going to have a you're going to have a bit of a whinge about the government, aren't you? No, not really. No? I, 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 well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll, I like it when I'll make sure my glass is half empty on <laughs> yeah. this one. Um, look, I wanted to just highlight that, you know, as it's no secret, you and I make sure that we're talking about super a fair bit, mm. keeping people um, up to date where we think it's appropriate and aware mm. um, of changes and little things you can do on the outskirts. But looks that the government, you know, going to try and tinker with superannuation again mm. to uh, bridge their budget gap. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, so, yeah. so initially they're talking about superannuants with very, very high super balances, aren't they? Yeah, initially, yeah. that's yeah, what they're talking yeah, about. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we are, we are talking about that initially mm. or we're mm. talking about some combination of mm. possibly just having a flat rate of tax mm-hmm. or, you know, taking, you know, limiting the amount of income that's, that's, that's mm. tax exempt. Now, They've already made some pretty significant changes already, um, which I think are reasonably effective. Um, But we just need to think for a minute. When the age pension came in, Mm -hmm. in 1900 in Australia, what age do you think it actually became available? So you had to be how old? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, It had to be 60? Yeah, 60. 60 to receive the age of pension. What, what, what do you think the life expectancy of a male in Australia was in 1900? Less than 60? <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> so that's the average, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah so, so we've got so to... We've got to b- the understand. government wasn't expecting to pay out a massive amount at that point, were they? You know, yeah. if, you were, if you were one of the lucky average, above average ones to yeah. live yeah. past 60, then you got, got an age pension. Yeah, so... Yeah. so the, the average person from retirement from retirement, or, you know, from around 60 is going to spend... Sorry, the average person is going to spend 25 years in retirement. Now. Now. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the average person actually spent zero years in, yeah, in retirement, <laughs> in retirement yeah. um, you know, not that long ago. So it's wonderful that we've got this scheme that's been designed to effectively allow people to become some form of quasi self-funded retiree. Mm -hmm. Um, Now we then, you know, overlay that with the benefits of superannuation being very much, and this is a government benefit, the benefit of superannuation being very out of sight, out of mind for a lot of people out there. Mm -hmm. It makes it easy and low hanging fruit to tinker with. Mm -hmm. And we have seen it tinkered with continually. 
we have. Um, so I just wanted to quickly sort of highlight that with people that most of us are going to spend, you know, at least a qu- maybe a third of our life today mm-hmm. in retirement reliant yep. on, if it's not social security, drawings probably from superannuation. Mm-hmm. That's for the or majority of people. Yep. There'll be yep. other people that have, you know, different asset um, compilations. They'll be made up a bit differently and, you know, whatever. That, But the reality is most Australians are going to be heavily reliant on superannuation. So I just want to highlight that, you know, maybe it's time to not just take action around, you know, your fees or your investment options or how you perform, how your funds are performing and, you know, th- yeah. those types of things. Yeah. But may- maybe it's time to start holding governments accountable um, and, you know, hopefully preventing them from putting their hands on your money that's yeah. preserved for you throughout retirement. It's easy to sit back now as a 30-year-old and go, well, uh, and I'm, I mean, coincidentally that I'm 30, but, you know, pe- people in any anywhere in between but it's easy to sit back and go i'm not going to have that much money when i retire so i don't really care what the government do around these limits these caps well no a lot of people will actually be you know closer to some of these caps that they are proposing and talking about and 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 nothing's been formally proposed and it's all just chit chat at the moment but bear in mind that we're going to have a lot more money in the superannuation system in 10 20 30 40 years time and if these types of things start to become imposed, then it's going to limit people's retirement capability. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's just going to um, be a disincentive to use the superannuation system. Mm-hmm. Now, the beauty of the super system, um, I can say now that it is the best place to save money right at the moment, um, depending on you know if your plan is to stop work at sixty. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people might argue with that, but based on the tax savings that are available, it, it make it basically makes it the theoretical most effective place to save mm-hmm. money. Yep. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean it's the Sorry, I'm yeah. theoretically the best place. It yeah. doesn't necessarily that it's personally the best place to save money. I probably just should caveat yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but if we keep having the governments tinker with it and because it's out of sight, out of mind for younger people, then we're going to just end up in a, in a place where the, you know, the... The whole system is degraded, I think. So, hmm. you know, it's more, for me, it was more of a call to action and go, well, you know, just... Take, take some interest and... Take some um, interest that goes beyond just the investment yeah. option, that goes beyond the fees. Hmm. Um, maybe start holding the people who are elected accountable. Yeah. So when they're starting to talk about things like taxing superannuation pension benefits and things like that, let's, let's, your ears should prick up and yep. you should, you know... In whatever small way you can, you know, make a noise about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Now, now people might say to us, well, well, that's Steve and Luke because, you know, Steve and Luke are, you know, their day jobs, they're financial planners and and that's all they do. Well, I'll tell you something. If the superannuation system becomes more complex, it actually is more beneficial for us. So what I would, you know, because, no, it actually actually is. And Hmm. so... Um, you could say that's our vested interest, but what I'm saying is, no, I actually think it should be less complex mm. and should be easier to understand, and sh- and and you know shouldn't have so much um, you know tinkering going on, which which mm. which is what is happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when the you know when the government starts to talk about you know decreasing the amount of money you can get into super and mm-hmm. then taxing it more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's only chit chat at the moment, but they're testing, aren't they? They're just seeing how much they can get away with. Exactly right. And the other the other thing that I'll I'll point out, and yep. we're almost out of time. 
People already feel a bit of a lack of confidence about super. I kind of get comments all the time around, yep. I don't like super because who knows what the government's going to do mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. 10 or 20 or 30 mm-hmm. years' time. Um, so it's not helpful if you just <laughs> continue tinkering because it just decreases confidence yeah. in what is, as you said, arguably, arguably the best place to invest for the long term. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and arguably will be where most Australians hold the bulk of their wealth. Mm, and yep. so if... You know, if you don't take some interest that extends outside of just what investment option you are or what product you're with, then you know, c- come on, have a have a proper look and hmm. and hold people accountable. Yep, good advice. You didn't bash <laughs> the government too much. You didn't have too much of a whinge. No, and yeah. I don't care if it's Liberal <laughs> or Labor. They've yeah. both they've both had their fair. Sh- you know, yeah. you know, you can you can hmm. you can thank the Labor government for the superannuation system. They did the Keating government and yeah. Hawke government put that in place, um, but. You know, every other successive government have tinkered with it, it so, you know, somehow. But keep keep your eye on what's happening. Keep your ears perked up. Um, you know, it, it, just because you don't, just because you ignore your super statement doesn't need, mean you need to ignore the statements that are being made about superannuation. Good point. There you go. Forty minutes. Wow. Well done. Uh, leave a review. Leave a review. Um, ask a question. We need a good question. We need a good question, don't we? Yep. I will expect a question from someone for the next uh, episode. All right. That, that's us for this fortnight. Mm-hmm. Thanks very much for listening. Um, tell your friends, grow the movement, the Money Men movement. Yes. All right. Talk in a fortnight. See you soon, Steve. See you.